in this show, it's just me and the mic. Let's talk about three rules for keeping your marketing communication simple. And let's talk about whether we should find a better way to describe protection insurance. Welcome to episode 129 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. And now here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hello and welcome to the show. Thanks as ever for downloading or streaming the podcast. Now, I've been traveling quite a bit recently, running workshops, helping companies put together simple marketing strategies, and speaking at various expos on the very same subject. As you know, as well as working as a consultant, I'm also the marketing director of the Protection Review. It's just under two months until the conference and dinner on the 19th of July, 2017. So I've been inspired to record this episode based on a few protection articles I've written recently. So we chat about the three rules of simple marketing communications, which are always talk in the language of your customer, don't use jargon, gobbledygook and management speak mumbo jumbo, and don't succumb to the curse of knowledge. And we chat about whether financial rescue is a better way to describe protection. So let's talk about simple marketing communications. I recently received an email from a marketing agency and it made me laugh and despair at the same time. Perhaps they thought I'd be impressed by the complex language, marketing jargon and gobbledygook, or encouraged to work with them by their access to, in inverted commas, doctorate level segmentation analytics and their ability to finesse paradigms. (laughs) My first thought wasn't to reach for the phone and take up their offer of a, in inverted commas again, mutually beneficial collab, but to wonder whether they'd be able to communicate clearly and simply with consumers if asked to. You see, I've always had a bit of a hobby horse about complex language. All companies, in whatever industry, have a duty to keep things simple. And simple language is something we've struggled with with protection products and the policies and the marketing that surrounds them. When it comes to clear communications, I've always tried to stick to three rules throughout my career, whether I've been working in a big company or a small company or big sprawling corporate. First, use the customer's language, not that of your industry. Most people don't talk in passive language, so why use passive voice in communications? If possible, try dictating the first draft of your brochure or your web page into Siri or the equivalent on your mobile phone before refining the copy at the editing stage. That way, you'll write like you talk, and the clients reading your copy will really appreciate its simplicity. Second rule, have a no-tolerance policy for jargon and management speak. Customer journeys and Our value proposition may be tolerable around the corporate meeting room table and may raise the odd chuckle, but please, not in stuff you want customers to read. And thirdly, don't fall victim to the curse of knowledge. When you work in an industry day in, day out, you learn the language of that industry as you would Spanish or French or any language. And you'll know what the three-letter acronyms mean. You'll also know the answers to the most detailed questions about what it is you do. But it's easy to assume everyone has the same level of knowledge. But they don't. 
They might know nothing about what you do. And the answer to a question, which to you might seem like the bleeding obvious, might be a complex issue for a customer. Always assume no knowledge at all and work from the most basic facts first. It can be difficult to follow these rules all the time. Take critical illness cover, for example. We have to use complex medical words in definitions in order to decide whether to pay a claim. But few people outside the medical profession know what they mean. And yet we expect advisors to be able to explain them to their clients and for their clients to be able to understand them. Now, there are accompanying plain English guides to critical illness plans and other protection products, which attempt to follow the three rules I outlined. But sometimes during the corporate sign-off process, the complexity and the jargon seeps back in and the curse of knowledge can strike. There's an American insurance company out there called Lemonade, and it's doing a great job keeping things simple. They're a masterclass in following my three rules. Here's how they describe what they'll do with insurance premiums. So this is what they say. Lemonade keeps a fixed 20% fee. This pays for developing loads of cool tech, paying our team salaries and hopefully making some profit. So that's quite nice, simple, easy to understand and honest. They're in business. They want to make profit. That's what they say. And here's what they say about what they cover. Your policy covers you for 16 bad things or perils and also covers extra living expenses if one of those covered things happens. For example, if a kitchen fire forces you out of your apartment or condo or your upstairs neighbour leaves a faucet running all day, it's an American company, faucets or taps, and it's now raining inside your apartment, you may need to get a hotel. Now, they're not perfect. They use some passive language on their websites, but I forgive them that little lapse because the rest of it is so simple, so easy to understand, and it follows those three rules perfectly. Lemonade at the moment only do home and contents insurance, but I'm intrigued. If we were to rewrite our critical illness policies in the style of Lemonade, how much simpler could the language we use get? Always follow those three rules talk in the language of your customer, don't use management speak and jargon, and don't succumb to the curse of knowledge. And thinking along similar lines, we've been using the word protection to describe insurance like life cover, critical illness, and income protection for nearly two decades now. But do consumers understand that terminology? And is it time for us to come up with something new that we can use to describe it? Personally, even though I've been involved in one way or another with the protection industry for many, many years, I think protection is a daft name for personal insurances. I've always known that, but inertia means we all stick to using it. And maybe it's about time we did change it to something that means more to our customers, especially if I've got those three rules inside my head when I'm talking about it. If you Google protection, you won't find links to financial products like life insurance and critical illness cover on the first few pages. You'll find insect repellent, condoms, airbags and warm clothing. To the man on the street, it's fairly obvious what these products provide protection against. So, for example, insect repellent protects you from getting eaten alive by mosquitoes when you go on holiday to the Caribbean or Mallorca or by being eaten alive by midges if you go on holiday to Scotland. Condoms protect against unwanted pregnancy and sexually transmitted diseases. 
Airbags protect car drivers and their passengers against injury in an accident. And warm clothes, of course, protect you against the cold. So following the same logic from those bleedingly obvious statements, is it easy to work out what protection insurance does? Following that logic then, life insurance protects you from dying. Well, no, it doesn't, does it? And critical illness insurance protects you from getting a critical illness. Uh, Well, of course it doesn't. Life insurance protects your family or business against the financial consequences of dying. Critical illness cover protects you, your family or business against the financial consequences of getting a critical illness. So it's not immediately obvious what our type of protection does. We need to explain it. And by having to explain it, we don't immediately engage people as a result. So what could we call it as an alternative? I recently took out a week's trial on a software package called Grammarly. For writers, it checks grammar, spelling, and points out when you overdose on passive language. So when I'm typing an article, when I'm typing a web page, Grammarly starts to shout at me. And interesting, when I was writing an article on protection insurance, it kept highlighting the word protection. It almost like screamed it at me that this was not a term that people would understand. And it quite helpfully tried to provide me with some alternatives. Security was the favourite one it came up with. But security is just as inappropriate as protection because it has so many other uses. So no help from Grammarly, just a reminder that I overuse the term that no one understands anyway. Then I was listening to a guy called Alan Newman speaking at a recent Protect Association conference in London. He suggested we should rename protection as financial rescue. I like that, financial rescue. And then, of course, the geek in me, the science fiction geek, the person who loves Doctor Who and Star Trek and Star Wars, started thinking about international financial rescue. And I started humming the Thunderbirds theme tune. In my head, I could already see the TV advert. And, of course, the size of the budget I'd need to pay the royalties to Jerry Anderson's estate. Thunderbird 1 is life insurance, Thunderbird 2 is critical illness cover, and Thunderbird 3 is income protection. Take out a subscription to International Financial Rescue, and if you become ill or die, they'll send in the financial Thunderbirds to sort you and your family out. Well, that is a bit geeky, isn't it? But I do wonder, would financial rescue be a better way of describing protection insurance? What do you think? What other alternatives could we use? Why not get in touch and let me know? Even come on the show and let's have a discussion about it. I think it's a fascinating topic. And if we're going to communicate clearly with our customers, if we're going to talk in our customers' language, if we're not going to use financial jargon and gobbledygook, if we're not going to succumb to the curse of knowledge, what could we replace the word protection with that would make it easily understandable by our customers? Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave me a review on iTunes. And if you do enjoy the show, please subscribe to the show on iTunes as well so you never, ever miss an episode. Next week, we'll be back to the interview format. So until then, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF 
for links to the topics, apps, and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. If you are a business person, financial services professional, or journalist, and have a marketing or finance story to tell, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.